Thanks for joining us today. We'd love to hear how God is using this ministry in your life. So please take a minute and visit NBCOcala.com stories to tell us your story. And if God has used this ministry to touch your life in any way, we want to encourage you to partner with us financially. Help us to continue delivering God's word to the world. You can give online or through our mobile giving app. Enjoy today's message. Welcome our internet audience. Thank you so much for being with us. God bless you. God bless you. Turn around and give somebody a high five and uh, you may be seated. All right, all right, all right. God bless you. Good evening. For those of you who don't know who I am, my name is Iran. I'm one of the assistant pastors here. And uh, this is my wife, Sarah. She's a blessing in my life. And uh, she's put up with me now for 18, going on 19 years. And uh, I need the grace of God because the Bible says, he who finds a wife obtains favor from the Lord. Amen. You know, it's the new year. It's 13 days into the new year already. 13 days. Just yesterday, I was opening up my Christmas gift. And I know that during the new year, we make resolutions and we make vows and commitments and promises and we commit to do certain things. I want to ask you a question. How's it going so far? You see, because in my time of prayer and in my time of preparation, the Lord put something in my heart to tell you that he's made a commitment, that he's made a vow. And that he doesn't need to make a resolution, but he's resolute concerning you and your future. Isn't that good news? The Bible says that he never changes. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. What he said he would promise, he's going to complete it. You know how the scripture says that the word of the Lord does not return void unto him? But honestly, it does return void unto us sometimes. Don't look at me like you don't know what I'm talking about. The reason is, is that we don't believe it like he believes it. When you believe in faith what God can do for you, you're going to believe like God believes. You're going to think like he thinks. You're going to speak like he speaks. And you're going to do what he does. So if you and I want all the promises of God that are yes and amen, the scripture says, we have to do some things in order to align ourselves to receive what he has promised us. I don't know where you are. I don't know your story, but he does. And you have precious promises that he's given unto us exceedingly great and precious promises. And I don't know about you, but I want everything that God has for me. I want it. Do you want it? The thing is, he's already given it to you. See, because you are already righteous. It's the precious blood of Jesus. He's already made it available for you. But if you've been around here for any length of time, we know this, that the promises of God are available, but they are not automatic. See, everything that we receive from heaven gives us access by what Jesus did. But access is just an entrance. It's not possession. And I want to possess everything that God has For me. Amen? Amen. The biggest obstacle that we have is not a way of escape. Because the Bible promises that with every temptation, he makes a way of escape. The issue is not people. The issue is not 
pressure. The issue is not problems. The issue is our thinking and our agreement. I'll say that again. Our issue is our thinking and our agreement, our attitudes and our actions. Have you ever noticed that your attitude and your emotions that are negative never changes anything? I'll let that settle just a little bit. Your negative attitude, my negative attitude, (laughs) my way of thinking negatively, my disagreement with things never changes anything. If anything, it makes it worse. Ain't that right, Louie? Let me ask your wife. Ain't that right, Elsie? I'm just teasing. (laughs) I'm just teasing. Attitudes are emotions, watch this, that start in the mind, that are expressed with words and actions. Watch this. Have you ever noticed, again, I'll tell you, that being upset at your problems never changes anything? There's a man that's been a mentor of mine. He's going on to be with the Lord, and his mentorship comes through his books and through his conferences that I've attended and to different teachings that I still have. And he says this. He says, he says, you don't drown by falling in the water. You drown by staying in the water. You don't drown and wind up in a bunch of problems with negativity. You wind up in the negative problems because you choose to stay there. And the longer you stay there, the more it feels like you're drowning. People, just smile at me. I want to help you tonight. (laughs) But I want to be real with you guys. A bad attitude is like a flat tire. If you don't change it, you're not going to go anywhere. (laughs) Now, watch this. You may drive a little faster, a little further in a flat tire, but it's not going to be very effective. It's going to be slow and bumpy, uncomfortable. People that are passengers may get injured. But eventually the tire will be destroyed and you're going to ride along on a rim. You ever felt in life like you're riding on the side of the road on a rim? But if you stay there long enough, guess what? The rim gets bent. The axle gets bent. Then the rear alignment gets out of, gets out of whack. You ever felt like your rear is out of alignment? I'm talking about a car. I don't know what you're talking about. Everybody with me? Listen, guys. Don't get bit out of shape when things come your way. Listen, perhaps you're living in a financial difficulty, relationship problems, an illness. It is not possible to live your life trouble-free. Pastor Lee Gilligan, 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 Pastor Lee on Sunday started the missing piece. We also talked about peace is knowing or knowing God. We're going to have problems in this life, but you can live with hope in the middle of negativity every day of your life. During tough times, it's easy to think, I can't do this. I'm going to quit. It's God hearing me. Have you ever felt that way? But I'm here to tell you, if you take anything out of today, I want you to take this away. Don't believe the lie. Don't believe the lie. Because I'm here to tell you that if you can change your mind, you can change your life. If you can change your mind, the way you think, the way you process, the way you engage scripture, 
the way you engage people, the way you deal with attitudes, if you can change that through the word of God, you and I can change our life. You can change your life. I don't care what situation you're going through, and it may be devastating. Someone may have done it to you, or you may be at fault. But through the redemptive power of Jesus Christ, there is a way of escape. There is a way of escape. Pastor Tim, before the accident, about October, maybe early November, he met with us as a staff, and he started to share some things. And sometimes he says things, and it haunts me in my prayer life. I'd be praying, and I hear Pastor Tim. I say, "What? <laughs> what?" And this is what he said. He said, "Wherever you're at in your prayer life, in your time with God, in your study time, what would happen if you turned it up one degree? Not twenty degrees, not fifty degrees, just one degree. Because if you allow God to work in you and you turn it up one degree, things are, will begin to change in your life." And he talked, you remember that, Robbie? He talked about the S3. I see, Robbie, I'm, I'm kind of a squirrel. You know, kind of get distracted very easy. <laughs> the greatest battlefield, watch this, is not spiritual. What? The greatest battlefield is not spiritual. We talked about the blood of Jesus that sets me free. The victory is already ours. If you're a faith-believing, Bible-understanding, New Testament Christian, you know that we are the head and not the tail. You know that we're above and not beneath. You know that we're more than triumphant. The Bible says that we are victorious. The question is, is do you believe it or not? So the, the biggest battlefield is not spiritual because through the blood of Jesus Christ, the power of his resurrection, the supremacy of the word, the power of the Holy Spirit, the authority in the name of Jesus Christ, we are victorious. How many can say amen to that? The greatest battlefield is the eight inches between your ears and the 18-inch conversion between your mouth and your heart. Because when you think negatively, you're going to feel negatively. Watch this. And you're about to say something that you wish you would never stuck your mouth or your foot in your mouth. Husbands, elbow your wives. Or maybe wives, elbow your husbands, huh? (laughs) I'm going to read something to you by Jack Hayford. Great pastor, pastor that kind of pastors Pastor Tim through, through his teachings. And he wrote a book called The Holy Spirit, The Great Psychiatrist. He wrote a book like that. I like it. And we're going to take a portion of that book, and then we're going to enter into some things. It says this. The world is shaking all around us, and it can make you wonder what will come tomorrow. Almost every human dilemma at the personal level can be categorized into two things. Fear, which is emotional difficulty, or doubt, which is intellectual reasoning difficulty. Our emotions and intellect constitute our soul and governs the choices we make through our will. Doubt, fear, and inner turmoil compounded by things that have happened to people throughout the course of their life are real hindrances that oppose the peace and deteriorate the confidence that God wants to give us. The Holy Spirit's desire is to reach down on the inside of us, remove all obstructions to our wholeness. And heal our pain. He wants to fill our souls with God's peace. But there are distinct ways in which that peace 
and promises flow. And that is pondering the truths in the word of God. Now watch. In our soul, our thinking, our reasoning, we become tormented when we can't figure it out. When we can't see a way out, we pray, but we pray for help, and the Holy Spirit wants to help us, but we're still trying to figure it out. I'm going to do this. I'm going to go here. I'm going to talk to that person. I'm going to go there. And all you're doing is binding that turmoil more and more and more and more to yourself. I'm going to read this to you out of Romans chapter 8, verse 5 through 7. It says this, For those who live according to their flesh set their minds, with an S, Set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit set their minds with an S on the things of the Spirit. Verse 6, for to set, for to set, no S, for to set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind, no S, on the Spirit is life and what? For the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God, for it does not submit to the laws of God, indeed it cannot. You ever been in, no, I'm talking about myself. I don't know about you. I was a young Christian coming to church, fired up, excited, hearing the word of God, having all these great emotions and yeah, all right. But I'd walk out the door still drinking, still cussing. Don't look at me like you don't know what I'm talking about. Still womanizing, still gambling. Daddy needs some new shoes. Why couldn't I do that? Because when I came to church, I would go, oh, praise God, look at the word, look at this. All these different things that were spiritual, but not fixed on his presence. See, what we do is we have opinions. There's nothing wrong with having opinions. But if your opinions have you, you have to ask yourself, is this opinion that I have of the spirit or of the flesh? See, because sometimes in our culture and in our church experience, Even in our education, we pick and choose what we think applies to us. And in reality, we shouldn't live that way. You know, God has blessings for you and for me. The blessings are there and they're perfect. But why is it when I pray, I feel like I can't get them? You want to know why? Because if you, if God were to shortcut it and give you that blessing, you wouldn't have the right interior integrity to be able to maintain this blessing. And you wonder, why am I not blessed? It's not that you're not blessed. You're already blessed. The thing is, is that your soul is messed up. Your rear end is out of alignment. Did I really just say that? I'm still talking about your car, so. In this Greek terminology brings out some understanding. Now, we talked about plural and we talked about singular. When it has no S, the word is now. Say now. It basically means to reflect, to ponder, a judgment. It's kind of like this. Mm, I like this food. I don't like that food. I like that color. I don't like that color. I like that song. I really don't like that song. I'm talking about Christian stuff too. Okay? That's not bad. But when you start to go now, focus on the, the word with that's plural. Plural meaning one. is the word phronema which is a derivative of that word. But it means this, to engage fully, to focus through a thought of planning. See, there's a difference to have an opinion of something and then have an opinion and a planning towards something. For instance, how many of you have trouble smoking? Don't raise your hands. 
I'm going to break it down for you a little bit. I'm going to get a little bit even closer to home. How many of you guys are dealing with pornography? How many of you uh, fool around on your husband or wife? But you're in church and I'm grateful for that. And you want to leave those things, but you're still bound by them. You know why? Because you're not focused really on what you want. You ever heard the saying, you want your cake and eat it too? In the kingdom of God, it don't work that way. There is a way of escape. But are you focused? What is your plan? What is your desire? What are the things that you think about daily? A man that's gone on to be with the Lord already said like this, thoughts are like birds that fly in the air. You can't stop them from flying in the air, but you can stop the birds from making a nest in your hair. Hey, I have thoughts that run through my mind sometimes, and I go, I know that's not God. <laughs> don't look at me like you don't know what I'm talking about. I, oh, Jesus, I know that's not God. But if I start doing this, wow, yeah, what's about that? I'm off on Tuesday, and my wife doesn't know, and that's where you get into trouble. You start to engage and embrace the thought comes, hey, maybe I'll get on the internet and, and you go, ah, oh, maybe, well, nobody's around if I do this and that. No! Thoughts enter your mind in that moment you have to engage something different. And it only comes through the word of God. Everybody okay? I'm not mad at anybody. I'm just trying to help you. I'm trying to help myself too. Praise God. Now, moving on, you ever... You ever heard of the madman of Gadara and the Gadarenes where Jesus came and this guy was demon-possessed? And then Jesus healed him and delivered him. And it says that he was clothed, dressed, and in his right mind. And it says that people that knew him were astonished and were afraid. Hey, sometimes I go back home and I've been in ministry a long, long time. And they go, you're really a pastor? What? What, what? What? You? I said, yeah, me. I'm in my right mind. Well, sometimes I'm not. You can ask my wife. But it astonishes them that I, that used to run and gun with them, that, like I said one time, used to do eight balls of cocaine and smoke marijuana and go to strip clubs. That, that, and that was just on Monday, guys. <laughs> Yeah, it's funny, huh? <laughs> but, but they see me, and this is not a testimony about me. It's a testimony of God's mercy and grace. And if he can do it for me, he can do it for you too. See, it's not about us and our problem. It's about the word of God. It's about the truth of God. It's about the mercy of God. But you and I have to make some choices. Say right now, I choose to be in my right mind. Amen. Watch. Here's, a, here's another scripture. Mark 8, 32 to 33. It says this. Then Peter took him, being Jesus aside, and began to rebuke him. Peter was crazy, I'm telling you. But when he, being Jesus, turned around and looked at his disciples, he rebuked Peter and saying, Get behind me, Satan, for you are not, what? Mindful of the things of God, but of the things of men. When you focus more on, you ever read the scripture? Take no thought what you will eat, what you will drink, what you will wear. It says, for tomorrow has its own cares. But most of us that are family people, what do we think about? What are we going to wear? 
What are we going to drink? Where are we going to live? What about our kids? It doesn't say not to think about this, but those things are not the priority. Because when you start to worry and think about those things, you begin to open the door for all manner of evil to come against you. The Bible says fiery darts. You're not good enough. You're not going to make it. Who do you think you are? Has the devil ever whispered that in your ear? He whispers it in my ear a lot. But then I have to choose, no. I am more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. That he shall provide all, all, all that I need through his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. That if I give, it shall be given unto me good measure. Pressed down and running over, shaking and running over. Men shall give unto me. See, I have to believe that. Not as just some spiritual parrot, but a reality to combat the things that come against my mind. Where is your mind at today? Hopefully you're in your right mind. You know, in my time of prayer also in... Wrote a little note down here. I believe there's some people in here that have even thought about suicide lately. Maybe it's somebody on the internet. I don't know, but I know this much. Don't believe the lie. Don't believe the lie. In Philippians 4, 8, and 9, it says this. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are good report, if there is any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate, think on these things, the things which you have learned, received, and heard, and saw in me. These do And the God of peace will be, what? With you. The peace of God. Watch. When you learn some things, that means that you're in a position of being teachable and humble. If you think you got it all together, um, I don't want to hang around you. Secondly, it says receive, which means the point of agreement and surrender. What do you surrender your life to? Heard is a continuing process of learning, receiving, and hearing, and saw. Good relationships model the things that you want out of life. That's why it's important to come to church. That's why it's important to be a part of a small group. And if you want to be in a small group, they're about to start. But if you want to lead one, get your application in because they're due on Sunday the 17th. Hey, and if you're a small group leader, you want to be a small group leader, but you want to check it out on the 17th, this coming Sunday in the gym, we're going to have a leadership kickoff training. How many of you are going to that? I'm going, oh, yeah, look around, guys, look around. That's awesome. And here's another thing you could do. Be involved in the dream team. Don't just spectate, participate. Ultimately, you know who is responsible for your salvation? You are. I'm talking to leaders today and Christians. This is not a message of condemnation. I'm going to share with you three things here, and then we're going to be done. Just three things. The first point of this, to get your mind right, is prayer and study is a must. Philippians 4, 6, and 7 says, Be anxious for nothing but in everything in prayer and supplication with what? Thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God which surpasses all mental understanding, will guard your heart and minds or your emotions through Jesus Christ. Be anxious for nothing. See, when you have the presence of God in you and you you believe and understand that the presence of God is with you, 
it begins to ex- ex- just dispense everything that is not of him. Amen. See, the more you are in his presence, you don't become more righteous. You discover what righteousness you already have in you. No, no, no. Listen, guys. Sometimes we think we got to be good for God to do something for us. Nowhere in Scripture does it say that. You are not more righteous today than you were. Well, let me, let me back up here. You're not going to be any more righteous today with other things added to Jesus. Jesus is the only thing that makes you righteous. See, but when you are all messed up from the neck up, you got stinking thinking and, and you haven't renewed your thinking to what the scripture says, you're going to believe every manner of evil that comes across your thoughts. But when you are in the presence of God and you magnify him, your, your problems start to become smaller and smaller in comparison to the greatness of what he is. And that only comes through study of the word of God. You have to know who you are in Christ If you don't know where you're going, any road will get you there. I'll say that again. If you don't know where you're going, any road will get you there. But when you know who you are in Christ and things come your way, say you ain't going to make it. No, I'm going to make it. You're no good. No, I'm created in the image and the likeness of Jesus Christ. You're stupid. No, God doesn't make junk. I'm not stupid. I have a hope and a future. He has thoughts for me to give me a future and a hope. But how can you know that if you don't study the word of God? It's been made very easy. We believe in the life journal. Go buy one. Go online. Lifejournal.com. It'll give you a thing. You can open it up and write in it and dialogue and I do Bible reading plans, and I read the scripture, and I have software programs, and so much that when I don't want to read it, my app will read it to me. (laughs) We have no excuse, folks. Prayer and study is a must. The Bible tells us in Mark 12, verse 30, it says, that you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. This is the first commandment. So if you don't get that right, guess what? Everything else is going to be off kilter. Everyone just smile at me. You look so serious. I'm not mad at you. I love you. I'm starting to sweat up here. Bless the Lord. Second step is this. Be, what's that word? Consistent. Isaiah 26, 3, it says this, you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is what? Stayed on you because he trusts you. You will never be able to fully trust God unless your mind is set on him continually. You know why I know I can trust my wife? Because I spend time with her. When I spend time with her, I begin to discover more things about her. I begin to dialogue with her. And I go, what? Really? You were? I didn't know that. After 18 years, I didn't know everything. And you know why some passion of marriage runs out? Because you come to the point of taking that person in your life for granted and you forget to keep discovering that person. 
And you know why you come to church sometimes and you hear a scripture and you go, ah, I've heard it before. It's because you haven't spent time in the presence of God. Is that right? I'm talking about myself and not only about you, I'm telling on me. I'm sharing with you what's happened in my heart and in my life before. So the first thing is prayer and study is a must. Second thing is be consistent. Also in Psalms 37, 4 and 5, it says, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. How many of you heard that scripture? The following verse says this, but commit your ways to him. See, we like the delighting part, but we really don't focus on the commitment part. And it says, commit your ways to the Lord, trust in him, and he will act. Whoa. If I commit my ways unto him, if I delight myself in him in his presence and commit myself to him, he promises that he might act, maybe someday, only if you come to church. No, it says he will act. He will act on your behalf. And here's the last thing. Number three. No one's going to do it for you. No one is going to. Now, trust me. I love coming. People come up and we pray for you. I love ministering and counseling with people. I love it. It's, it's a part of what's in me to give to people. But let me tell you something. When you get prayed for and when you hear the teaching, the Bible says this. Do not be forgetful hearers, but be doers. We need to do what we've heard. And sometimes we go, oh, I did it yesterday and I didn't get it today. What's up with that? Commitment. I'm committed to my wife. You know why I know I'm faithful to my wife? Because I've had the opportunity to be unfaithful to my wife. Don't look at me strange. I used to do a lot of traveling in ministry. And I would pray for people. Some of them were ladies and they grab my tie and say, Pastor, I'd like to talk to you. She ain't talking to nobody. You get the heck. Mm. <laughs> Don't look at me strange. I'm telling you the truth. The Bible says flee youthful lust. It doesn't say stand there and counsel it and talk to it. No. See ya. I was a lot thinner and younger then, so... <laughs> prayer isn't study is a must second be consistent and third no one's going to do it for you in Luke 21 19 it says this by your patience everyone say patience. patience possess someone else's soul your souls possess your souls oh, I can't help it yeah you can I don't know what I'm going to calm yourself down no, no, no. The Bible says that the spirit of the prophet is subject to the prophet. But if your mind is out of control, your emotions are going to be out of control, your words are going to be out of control, and then your actions are going to be out of control. Ain't that right, Marisol? Come on, sister. That's one of our new translators right there. I just embarrassed her, but yeah, she's awesome. <laughs> Watch. Be in prayer and study, be consistent. No one's going to be doing it for you. Philippians 2, 12 and 13, it says this. Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my what? Absence. 
Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you both to will and to do his good pleasure. Here's Paul. Hey, you're good when everybody's around. But the question really is this. Who are you when nobody's looking? What are you talking about? What are you thinking? What are you seeing? What are you doing when nobody's looking? One of the first books that I ever read by uh, when I was a Christian, it's called Who Are You When Nobody's Looking by Bill Hybels. It's a book about this big. I've read it like 15, 20 times. I have the original copy. Pages are yellow. It's all marked up sometimes. It's, but it talks about being courageous. It talks about being integral. It talks about being consistent. My brothers and sisters, the last scripture, everyone say amen. This guy's covered a lot of scripture today. Oh, Jesus, help us all. But Romans chapter 12, it's not going to go up there. Romans chapter 12 out of the Amplified Bible, I'm going to read verse 2 only. It says this, be not conformed to this world, to this age, fashioned after and adapted to its external superficial customs, but be transformed, be changed by the entire renewal of your mind. That is the new ideals, the new attitudes, so that you may prove for yourself what is the good and the acceptable and the perfect will of God. Even the thing which is good and acceptable and perfect, but only in his sight, watch this part, for you. So I don't know about you, but I hope that you receive something tonight. It's been an awesome privilege to minister with you again. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Meadowbrook Church. We hope you'll stay connected by following us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at NBC Ocala.